This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. In episode 31, we talked about how you can bring innovation into your company. If you missed that episode, please go back and check that out. That's something that's near and dear to our heart here at the One Thing team. In this episode, we're going to talk about managing your people with the One Thing to boost productivity. This is uh, something that's been very top of mind for me. I haven't talked a lot about this because it's been very behind the scenes, but for the past gosh, I don't even know how long we've had Fortune 500 companies reaching out to us to speak at their events. Uh, You know, it's something that Jay has done quite a bit of. It's something I'm starting to do more of. We realized there's a big need for this. You know, we up until this point in the podcast, we've talked about how you can leverage the one thing in your own personal life. But what does it look like to leverage the principles of the one thing inside your company? What does it take to actually boost the productivity of your employees? How do you break this culture that has existed where, for whatever reason, people are distracted at work? For you as a leader in your organization, you have a real opportunity in front of you, an opportunity to transform how your people show up and how they get their most important work done. And if you're not a leader in your organization, if you're an employee, you have an opportunity to educate the leadership, whether that be turning them onto the book, whether that be sharing this episode, you have an opportunity to change the culture as well. So wherever you are, you have an opportunity to make an impact. And that's why we are going to record this episode because when I get on the phone with these business owners and I'm, I'm talking to them about their productivity, they just they talk about the distractions. They talk about how people always seem to uh, lack that clarity on what their most important work is. And when they're trying to get it done, there's all these things that pop up, whether it be another employee walks by and says, hey, do you got a minute? Or there's a meeting that they feel like they need to attend. But the leaders of the business just don't know how to change that culture. So that's going to be the purpose of this episode today is for us to dive very specifically into three strategies that you can use to manage your people so that you can boost overall productivity. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen They're chef-created, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. The first thing you have to do as a leader is get really clear on what your team's one thing is. You know, every single one of us, we could look at the seven circles if we're looking at it from a personal standpoint. We have seven areas of our life. We have a one thing for each of them. It's one of the biggest misconceptions around the one thing is, of course, we all have more than one thing, but it's about understanding which you're going to take action on first. When you start looking at applying this into your company, 
It comes down to understanding the overall mission of your business. You as the business owner or you as the leader may have that clarity. But do your people have that clarity? If I were to sit down with any one of your employees and ask them, what's the mission of the business? What's that one thing that the business is after? Would they all be able to tell me consistently what that is? If they can't answer that consistently, then you have an opportunity to communicate more effectively so that everybody is on the same page. Here's why this matters. We, we talk a lot about, uh, or we hear people who are in an employee role when they, when they see one of the seven circles is, what's the one thing I can do for my business? And they say, but Jeff, I'm not a business owner. What, what is the one thing for my business? What we tell them is that it's asking the question, how does what you do on a day-to-day basis help line the dominoes up for the business to accomplish its overall goal? We'll use Southwest Airlines as an example. They wanted to become the low-cost airline. They wanted to make travel accessible for anyone. It was about freedom. So even if you're working in the accounting department, you know that what you do on a day-to-day basis helps line up with the mission of freedom for people by becoming the low-cost airline. If you are the salesperson, you understand that when you are getting out there, you are spreading the message of freedom by becoming the low-cost airline. I'll use Keller Williams as an example because it's, it's very top of mind for me, but literally on the wall right now, I'm staring, there is a piece of paper. On it says, mission, to build careers worth having, businesses worth owning, lives worth living, experiences worth giving, and legacies worth leaving. Now, if you are Susie down in accounting and you're doing the checks and the balances, you're helping make sure that payroll goes out on time. If you ever have to ask, does what I do matter? The answer is yes. Because by her making sure that the books are correct, by her making sure that people are getting paid on time, she knows that she's helping us accomplish our mission of building careers worth having, businesses worth owning, lives worth living, experiences worth giving, and legacies worth leaving. Are your people hyper clear on why they are in business with you? Are they clear in terms of what they do on a day-to-day basis, how it helps line the dominoes up so you can accomplish the big mission of your business? If not, this is a real opportunity. I was reading, it was either in Inc. or it was in Forbes or Fortune. I was reading one of the magazines. They were talking about the millennial generation, which I am one of them. And how more than ever, millennials want to feel like what they're doing has a purpose. It has a legacy. People don't just want to work for the big corporation and watch its stock price go up. People want to feel like what they're doing matters. Do your people understand why they are in business with you? If not, time block some time on your calendar to get very clear on what your company's one thing. What is that mission that everybody is driving toward? Get clarity on that, then share it. Make sure people understand it and help them understand why what they do matters. You heard back in episode, I think it was episode 25 with Scott Love. He was talking about how to become the type of leader that people love to follow. He shared a story when he was in the Navy about this guy who multiple weekends in a row was not able to go home and visit his family. He hadn't seen his family for over a month. That upcoming weekend, he was scheduled to go home to visit his family. 
And Scott had to sit down with him and explain to him that they needed him to stay on the ship. But the language he used around it, he got very specific in terms of stating how what he did mattered and how where they were in their overall mission, this one thing would determine success or failure in that mission. And he was the one man who could help make that happen. So at that very moment, he was the most important person in the entire U.S. Navy. Then he asked him to stay for that weekend. And the man, without hesitation, agreed and executed. Help your people understand that they're marching toward a mission that is much greater than themselves. Once that's done, narrow the focus. Gary always says, think big in terms of your vision, but start by acting really small. Once you get your clarity on the one thing for the business and you cascade that down to your people so that they really understand it, it's now time to help your people show up as the highest version of themselves at work every single day. You do this when you help your people get clear on what their one thing is as it pertains to their role. What's the one thing that they can do such that by doing it helps line the dominoes up to achieve the overall mission of the business. In, in my experience, just from working in the corporate world, being a social butterfly and, and, and getting to know the people that I work around really well, it seems like when you look at most people's calendars, what you end up finding is a bunch of random meetings and some tasks that are marked on the calendar so that people don't forget. What you don't see is time blocked to do your most important work. In the book, Gary and Jay said, great businesses are built one productive person at a time. What does it take for you to help your people show up as the highest version of themselves so that they can truly be productive? This is where Gary's definition of leadership comes in. I remember Jay sharing with me that Leadership is teaching people to think so they can get what they want when they want it. I'll share that with you again. Leadership is teaching people how to think so they can get what they want when they want it. You, as the leader of this business, are getting clear on the one thing for the business. You are sharing it with your people so everybody sees the same vision that you see. Help them identify their one thing. The one thing that they can do such that by doing it, lines the dominoes up for the business to accomplish its overall mission. I'll share a story with you that I shared early on in the One Thing podcast back around episode one or two, if I had to remember. But I'm going to share it again because it's that important. One of my first interactions with Gary was what we call a state of the company meeting. It's when Gary, Jay, and I sit down on a monthly basis to review what's happening with the company and make sure that we are going down the right path. In this particular meeting, my objective was to present my vision for the company, my business plan, and get approval. It was one of the things they were assessing me on in my first 90 days. Can I cast a vision for the company that they will buy into? I walk into the room with a single sheet of paper, my business plan. At the top, is my goal for the year for the business. And under that were three priorities, the three things that I needed to accomplish in order of priority, such that by accomplishing them would allow me to accomplish my goal for the business for that year. We started talking about priority number one. Gary and Jay ask a bunch of questions. I answer them. We move on. In the middle of talking about priority number two, Gary starts asking more questions about number one. I don't think anything of it. I just answer the questions and say, we good? They go, yep. 
I finish up number two and start talking about number three. Gary starts asking more questions about number one. At this point, I'm feeling like I'm the only guy in the room who doesn't understand what's going on, but I answer the questions. I say, we good? He goes, yep. I get back into number three. I'm talking about number three for no more than 10 seconds before Gary stops me a final time and says, quick question, do you need to accomplish number three in order to accomplish number two? I said, no. He said, do you need to accomplish number two in order to accomplish number one? I said, no. He said, great. Then do me a favor, put a line between number one and number two, or even better, rip the page in half. Don't even think about number two and number three until you've earned the right to by focusing on number one. For you as a leader in your business, when you think about your people, are they so hyper clear on the one thing that they must do, not like to do, should do, think they should do it? They must do it because it's their one thing. And do they view everything else as a threat? If the answer is no, here is another opportunity. Teach your people to think so they can get what they want when they want it. Teach them how to look at all the things that they could do and narrow their focus down to the one thing that they should do. Then show them how to open up their calendar and time block it. To schedule time with themselves to do their most important work. As a group, have discussions about the things that pop up. I'm having this conversation with my executive assistant as we speak. We're about 60 days into her first 90 days. Around 30 days in, I said, how are you doing in terms of acting in order of priority? And she said, yeah, I'm struggling a little bit. I said, why? Do you know what your one thing is? She goes, yeah, I'm I'm clear every week on what my one thing is. I go, great, so what's holding you back? She said, distractions. Even though it's on my calendar, people are stopping by with questions. Emails are coming in. Frankly, you come up to me and bug me. (laughs) I'm part of the problem, people. I've learned this with all the women in my life. I'm always the problem. In that moment, I realized that as a leader, I have not taught her how to think so she can get what she wants when she wants it. I shared with her how I had to look at all the times where I disrupted my own workflow because I was hungry all of a sudden and needed to go get a snack when that could have been stored in my environment proactively. I'm like a thirsty camel in a desert. I always need water. So can I fill my water bottle up proactively before I get into that time block? Have I hit the restroom because I've got the bladder the size of a goldfish? I would always interrupt my own time blocks to go to the bathroom. And for any of you that have ever been in a flow state and understands what happens when suddenly, boom, you disrupt that state, go do something else and you come back, it's not like you just get back into it. You may not get back into it for the rest of the day. Looking at all those things that you distract yourself with and eliminating them. Once I know that everything's stored that I need there, can I sweep for mines? Can I look at all those distractions that often steal my focus? Is my phone on do not disturb or on silent? Is my inbox closed? I don't need to be in my email if I'm doing my one thing. Am I, is, is it even open? Am I on social media at the time? I asked her to look at the things that often pop up and distract her when she's in front of her computer. And she identified those things. And finally, we talked about enlisting support. One of the biggest distractions she mentioned was those random people who stop by with questions when she's in her one thing. And one of those random people happens to be me. Can she proactively communicate with me that she is about to go into her time block to do her most important work 
and to ask me politely to table any questions for the next 15 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour. It's amazing when you just communicate effectively and proactively with people how what you're doing is your most important work, how it actually supports them, and ask people to simply table things. Guess what happens? They do it. They do it. What's important here is that you have to understand that as the leader, you have to be the one that encourages this behavior. Early in this episode, I used the C word, culture. Whether you have intentionally designed the culture of your organization or whether you have unintentionally designed it, meaning it kind of just happened, you have an opportunity to correct that culture. It starts with you. Because when I talk to people who are not in a leadership role or even people who report to somebody else, their big questions are, well, I'm expected to be in those meetings. I'm expected to check my email regularly. I'm expected to be at my boss's beck and call. You have trained your people to act certain ways. So it begins with you. In that moment, when I'm sitting here with my assistant, I I want her to be as productive as possible. I want her to be a master of her 20%, that 20% that's going to get her 80% of the results, which is why I'm asking the question, how can I teach her to think so she can get what she wants when she wants it? And all of a sudden, all this stuff pops up about how she just she, she gets the idea of time blocking, but she hasn't been successful yet. So over the next 30 days, we have been analyzing, all right, what do you need to do to change up your environment? What do you need to do to make sure that you have everything you need? What do you need to do to make sure that you're sweeping from minds? And what do you need to do to make sure that you are communicating effectively with all the people around you? Okay, so let's pause and recap. Up until this point, we have talked about two specific things. First thing you need to do is get clear on the one thing for the business, that North Star that everybody is marching toward and make sure that everybody sees the exact same vision that you see in your mind. The second is to help your people identify their one thing and act in order of priority. When we come back, we're going to talk about the third strategy, which is how you can begin to build accountability into your culture. So we've talked about how you can get clear on your one thing for your business, how you can help your people get clear on their one thing and act in order of priority. Now we need to talk about building accountability into your culture. Accountability is one of the most powerful tools in any area of life. If we tell someone we're going to do something and know that they're going to hold us to it, we're much more likely to do it. And it's the same for your people. I'm reminded of a quote that, was, that Jay shared with me that he heard from Gene Rivers, who's another guy who's in our, our world, and you'll meet him in an upcoming episode because the guy is just brilliant. He said that standards without consequences are merely suggestions. I'll say that again. Standards without consequences are merely suggestions. Jay and I recently have have asked, what are our standards? What are the things that we are going to draw a line in the sand that you just don't get to cross that because that it's a standard. It's something that you do not violate. Getting clear on those standards and then asking the question, kind of like with the clarity around your mission and your one thing of the business and making sure your people understand that, do your people really understand what your standards are? What you expect from them? Where is that bar that they don't get to come in below it? Their job is to meet or exceed the bar. If you don't bring accountability into your culture, then you're simply making suggestions to people 
the result is likely average performance or even subpar performance. As the manager, as the leader in your business, it is your job to provide accountability and support for your team. If you heard episode 16, I spoke with a friend of mine named Jonathan Raymond. He used to run the company behind the best-selling book, The E-Myth Revisited. Now he's the founder of Refound, where he teaches people how to bring this type of culture into their organization. If you missed episode 16, make sure you check that out because we went really deep in how to make accountability not a bad word, but a gift that you can share with each of your team members, how you can handle it with kindness and love. Internally in Keller Williams, I, I, right off the bat, was amazed when I walked in and I was presented this tool called the 411. It's something that's been used throughout the organization. You know, we got 155,000 agents worldwide that this has been cascaded to. It's an incredible document that helps you get really clear on what are your goals for the year in both your personal and your professional life. You may ask, why, why do I care about my employees' personal goals? And I think Jay said it best when he said, most people, when they leave a job, it's not because of the job. Oftentimes, it's because of something that's happening in their personal life. Jay, as a leader, acknowledges that if he can sit down with his people and first and foremost, care about what's happening in their personal life and make sure that he's counseling and mentoring them to be successful there, not only will they likely stay longer, the loyalty and trust will be infinitely deeper. So he asks his people, myself included, every week, I have to present, Jay, what are my goals for the year, both personally and professionally? Then on the 411, I have to show what are the things that I must accomplish this month that would allow me to be on track for my year goals? Then what do I need to accomplish this week to make sure that I'm on track for the month? If you want to see an example of what our 411 tool looks like, you can go to the onething.com slash 411. That's with the number one and the number 411. So the onething.com slash 411. Here's why we share this with you. We'll use my assistant as an example. When I'm teaching her how to do a 411, how to cast those goals for the year, the month, and the week, and make sure that they are all in order of priority, this is when I was able to begin bringing accountability to the table. About third, actually, it was about 45 days had passed when we had a training on our hiring process. And, and specifically, they dove into accountability over your people. I looked at her and I asked her, Am I really showing up as the highest version of myself and holding you accountable so that you can be as successful as possible? I knew the answer to this because I had already answered it in my head, but I wanted to get her perspective. And she said, No, you could be doing better. We agreed. I was not being personally accountable enough. I wasn't investing enough time in making sure that when I'm delegating things to her or when, when she is presenting me her priorities, that I'm constantly showing up on a regular basis there to make sure that I'm supporting her and also there to make sure that she's hitting the standard of doing what she says she's going to do. It's been about 15 days since that time, and it's been night and day different. We suddenly have huddles every morning and every afternoon so that I can go deeper with her, get really clear on what actually matters today. When you look inside your own organization, are you really clear about what your standards are? That, that line that you will draw that people don't get to cross. They must meet the standard. And if they don't, there are consequences. 
Are you investing the time to have clarity on what your people's most important work is? Are you time blocking the time to meet with your people to look at what they said they were going to do and see if they are meeting or exceeding the standard or not and having the appropriate conversation as a result? You as the leader set the tone for your business. When someone does something and you don't respond, you don't address it right away, you are training people that they can get away with certain things. If you aren't happy with the results, the productivity of your people, first and foremost, hold the mirror up to yourself. Ask the question, do I have my DNA anywhere in this situation? This just happened to me. I'm looking at how far my assistant had gotten in 45 days. She was doing an amazing job. I held the mirror up to myself and asked, am I showing up fully enough? Am I bringing the level of accountability to the table that I need to bring so that I can give her every chance to be successful? Have I gotten clear on what my standards even are? The question was no. So that radically changed things in a matter of 24 hours. Just after I got that clarity, I scheduled those time blocks. I got clear on that. She and I have sat down. We've come to an agreement on what that looks like. And every single day since then, we are having conversations around this, making sure she understands what her highest priorities are, making sure she is acting in order of priority, making sure that she is hitting or exceeding the standard. So let's recap. When it comes to managing your people with the one thing so that they can be more productive, You'll notice a lot of it, in fact, every single one of these involved you, not them, you. You being clear on what your one thing is for the business and making sure that everyone knows it. You being able to teach your people to think so they can get what they want when they want it by understanding what their one thing is and acting in order of priority. And finally, You bringing accountability into your culture, being so clear on what your standards are and making sure that every single day you're finding ways to catch people doing the right thing. And when you see people not meeting the standard, having conversations around that because standards without consequences are merely suggestions. Folks, this this episode exists because of you. Enough of you have been asking questions about what does it mean to apply the book to my employees, to my culture, so that I can manage people and boost productivity. It was a direct result of you reaching out. I will share that for my vision for this company, right now, uh, you know, I was blessed to walk in with a really great book, you know, the, the highest rated business book of all time. So that, that was awesome. For those of you who submitted those questions, you know who you are. Thank you. Because what you do not know is that those questions have helped shape my vision for where we are going. Originally, we were going to create a company around the one thing that would ultimately train the individual on how to live a more productive life. These questions have made us ask, could we be making an even bigger impact if we were to teach people at a corporate level how to boost the productivity of their employees through the principles of the book. And so I have a humble request of you. If you are a business owner, if you are an executive, if you are a leader in the business and you are struggling when it comes to the productivity of your employees or shifting the culture so that 
people can just focus and get their most important work done, please email me and share with me what those specific problems are. In the next 12 months, I would not be shocked if we were to develop some type of enterprise learning management system. I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but I want to ask for your help. I want to really understand what your pain is. And I'm likely going to end up getting on the phone with a lot of you to just go really deep and see how can we serve you best as possible. So if you are one of those people, please email me, jeff at the one thing.com. And that's what the number one in the, in the email address. So jeff at the one thing.com. I'd love to interact with you. This is all about adding value to you, whether that be future podcast episodes that we do, blog posts, who knows, future books, or even the type of trainings that we bring to the market, but it all begins with you. So please email me, jeff at theonething.com. With that, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.